You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good evening, thank you for listening. My name's Charlotte Greenway, and it's Friday, the 27th of August. It may still be summer, but Nick spent a bit of time this week talking about jump racing on the podcast, which stemmed from Venetia Williams' letter setting out why she believes the Irish jump sources are outperforming their British counterparts. And she had a really interesting, in-depth conversation with Nick about this on Tuesday. But, turning our attentions to the flat, Nick spoke to John Gosden this morning to get the latest on some of his established stable stars, as well as some of the emerging talent. John, the season has rather turned for you in the last fortnight, hasn't it? Thanks to these 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 this grand trio of horses, Mishrif, Palace Pier, and uh, and Stradivarius. Yeah, they're they're always with our strength in the older horses this year, and I probably you know didn't make much of a secret of the fact that uh, the three year olds weren't quite what the owners and I would be hoping for. Um, you said last week that after Mishra's victory in the international that, that you were going to have a, a sit down with, with Prince Faisal and he was great last week when he was chatting to us about the horse and he, he said, I don't know if you heard it, he said he's done everything I want him to do now as far as I'm concerned John Gosling can do what he, li- he likes between now and the end of the season uh, so have you told him what you want to do? No, we're going to have a meeting in the next uh, few days and uh, just, just uh, discuss all the options and, and find a way forward together um, but I always feel, see how your horses are to race, take it forward from there, but I'm happy with him. So we'll, we'll look at all the options. He, he won't be racing in September, put it that way. So you're sticking to the, your guns there. He won't go to the Irish Champion Stakes. No, I never really wanted to because it's been a strange for him. He started last year, as you remember, late uh, in June, Newmarket. Then he went and won in early July the uh, Prix de Jockey Club. And then, of course, it was... Uh, it was a strange season and it sort of ended early enough. Then he had a break. Then he was racing in the winter in February and March. Then he's had another holiday. Then he's come back, uh, Eclipse, where he probably wasn't fully wound up and a bit fresh. And then King George and then the Judmont. And I think the way it's worked out for him with uh, COVID and all the changes in the season, it's the right thing to freshen the horse. So I never intended to run him in September, having had these three runs. And we're really looking at the October, November period now. You know that you know that people like me are going to irritate you by banging on about how he should run in the in, in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I, I sensed after York you were, you would favour the turf if you went to if you went to Delmark. Am I right? Yeah, look, I know Delmark well. I was leading trainer there two or three years. I know the track very well, and it's a wonderful location. But it probably does have about the shortest stretch run of any top track in America. Uh, you know where they run a lot of grade ones were on a Breeders' Cup. It's not Belmont. It's not Churchill. And I think if it was Belmont or Churchill, we'd be very tempted uh, to run in the Classic. But the short straight demands a slightly different type of horse to him. He's a big, powerful, long-striding horse, and he enjoys the length at York. He enjoyed it, uh, obviously, uh, when he won the, the Saudi Cup in Riyadh. And you know, and he, he enjoyed the three, it's not the longest straight, but Shanti is, is, is three furlongs. It's at least, it's not basically a, a, 
200 and just barely 300 yards, which is what you get at uh, Del Mar. Uh, and Del Mar, the tur- I mean, the turf track is, is quite is quite tight and has, has quite a, a short stretch as well. But would you be happier to roll the dice there? Yeah, because it's a different style of race, isn't it? I mean, uh, the mile and a quarter they come out to shoot at Del Mar down the straight round and in. And, and of course, with that, you're actually using three bends, but it is a mile and a half. And it does, you know, I'd say his stamina uh, was tested and and he's not really a pure mile and a half horse or a track like Ascot where you climb so much from Swindley Bottom. Until you've walked that, you never really realise what a climb it is. And he, his stamina didn't see him through there that mile and a half, but it'll very much suit him on a flat oval. You mentioned the arc. Obviously, that's in the mix. You mentioned Japan as well. I know it's very difficult to get horses to Japan at the moment. Would it tempt you if you if those restrictions were eased a bit? Yes, I suppose it would. We we have to look at the. It is, it is tricky tricky getting there even from the Pacific coast. So we've got to look at all of those options and, and go through them. But right now, you know, you've, you, the arc, we have two outstanding three-year-olds, both Epsom winners, Darby's and Oaks, um, and he's raced against one. Obviously, it's a different mile and a half long, Sean. There's quite a long downhill section in it. Um, on the other hand, you don't want to go running there in, in deep ground, uh, but you never know. I've Arcs can be run on good to firm. Daydream, Golden Horn, one on good to firm. So from that point of view, we have to consider that. And then, of course, it's the Ascot Champions Day. Again, one wouldn't want to be walking into uh, heavy ground, but they do have the option of switching to the inner track now if the ground has uh, gone heavy, um, which is is which did happen before and actually created some very very good racing. Yeah. Now you've cha- you've changed the pol- you forced a policy change there. Because, Not really. I well, just think that they misjudged the ground last year and it was bottomless and I think they should have the option because that ground is not watered throughout the summer. And consequently, I mean, you remember the races, uh, you look them up, they were really good races on that inner track um, during when we, when we switched. It was either switch or not race, virtually. And, of course, the straight is designed to drain a lot more than is the old track of, of Asuka, which is basically from the Myland just above the, about the mile and three all the way around to the four furlong mark. But, that, but yeah, I'm, I, 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 I agree with you. I've been banging on about this for years. And it's, so they're not listening to me. Uh, but you, I think after last year, they, they've changed the rules. So basically, they can change it now if it's going to be heavy on the day. Whereas before, they could only run it on the inner track if it was going to be abandoned. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think, it's, I think it's, it, make, it makes sense. You want, you want it run on the best possible ground um, you can really. Now, I guess that's going to come into the equation for all of those horses, isn't it? Palace Pier, QE2... I mean, I guess Strad could run there if if it wasn't soft. Yeah, he ran on the inner track, and you know, he was in a great photo finish with Q Gardens. So, but you know, he ran his race. Whereas last year, he couldn't begin to handle it, nor could Mystery, who'd won on soft ground as a two-year-old, but not on that. And uh, Palace did rip a shoe off, cut his leg, and get left. Didn't help. But I'm mean, even Magical struggled on the ground. For those that loved it, and they were all geldings actually um they they adored it and they won their race as well and naturally a filly who loved it won the Phillies race well but um it got to be let's be honest it was specialist ground last year and when a championship you tend to want to try and avoid having to run on specialist ground um how in, in all of Stradivarius's 18 career victories uh, where did the Lonsdale rank for you in terms of what it meant to you well, in excitement, but he's always that type. He does just enough. He's got quite 
clever. I mean, he's, he's work. He, he'll work with a 70-rated horse, join upside, go ahead, up and drop the lot. So that's slightly his game now. I don't blame him. He's been at it long enough. Oh, look, it was in, what was great about York, it was the first time I truly felt we were back with a full, passionate, knowledgeable crowd who were into it. I mean, York last year was soul-destroying to have the Ebor meeting behind closed doors. I thought there was a great atmosphere throughout the meeting. So, but certainly that uh, the last two furlongs between two two brave horses battling it out. He's always tend to make a battle of it at York. Well, he's never won any of those Yorkshire Cups or on sale Cups very easier. I think he looks at that four and a half furlong straight and says, "Oh no, not this again." But uh, look, he's he's in great form after race. He cooled out very quickly, and he seems happy and well. We'll see what Beyond wants to do. Um, I did mention the Doncaster Cup because he's only run three times this year and once uh, he had traffic problems in that one race, so he didn't have a very hard one uh, at Ascot. And so to that extent, you could look at that and you could look at Champions Day uh, and if it switched to the inner, you would run. Yeah, Bjorn has said he'll just keep racing as long as he's winning. So there's, And he said he might even go on when he's eight. I mean, it's not, it's not impossible. How do you feel about that? I think it's living with the horse and knowing him. And uh, there's no doubt that he really is still really enjoying his training. He loves going out. If he doesn't go out first lot in the morning of the rest, he kicks up hell. And he likes going out there and showing off. And he likes to shout at the other strings. And he's enjoying it. He enjoys his work. As long as that enthusiasm and love for the game is there, I'm fine with, with training him. And as I said to beyond the moment, I suddenly think he says to me, yeah, I, you know, I've had enough of this now. We pull stumps immediately, but I must say he was uh, very, very full of himself this morning. First thing, so it could be Doncaster next. Um, Palace Pier, are you going to leave off him until the QE two, or are you tempted by the Moulin? No, I didn't want to run in the Moulin. Um, I just wasn't particularly keen to go there. I've never much liked the mile there. If you get a wide draw, I feel it's. Uh, when they ran the uh, Poulain de Pouliche races, their guineas at Deauville, it was a much better race. The straight mile of Deauville, a much fairer race. I've never really liked the mile at uh, Longchamp for a horse, uh, particularly if you get drawn sort of eight, nine or ten, if there's that many runners. You're, you're a little bit great disadvantage. The other thing is, you know, I'm I, I just thinking again into the autumn, quite what might come, and I just thought there's no need. We've just been in France. There's no need to turn around and rush back there. Let's go fresh into to Champions Day and see where we take it from there. I, I mean, I, I'm working on the basis that he'll stand at stud next year. Is there anything that should tell me otherwise? No, I think you're probably right on that. He's, uh, you know, he's the son of Kingman, and uh, he's he's won all the races he has. I think, uh, I think he is very much very much of us who should go to start this autumn. Well, we talked about um, Stradivarius and he could go on next. I mean, the one thing that the in one one of many interesting things that Prince Faisal said was, yeah, I think he'll go to start about Mishrif. But if John really wants to go round again, I'd be open to it. Yeah, I think that's very game and uh, very enthusiastic. I mean, obviously, he's, you know, he's, you can often argue that the horses are there physical mental peak if they're in great order as just five-year-olds so it makes a lot of sense uh, that if he wishes to do it i think the key thing with prince uh, a Faisal is that you know he's keeping all the options open he he bred the horse he knows the family he bred the family back three four generations and he bred the sire he bred everything in there so he knows his families he knows his horses and um, to that extent he, he 
you know, he's got his depth of knowledge of it is very, very, very helpful. And he obviously relies on me and Thady and the team here to, to tell him where and how the horse is. Um, I think I probably made a mistake going to Sandown without giving him a race course gallop because he, he over-raced, he sat outside a horse, didn't get cover and he cruised to the lead and quite frankly, in old-fashioned language, he blew up. He got tired and had a very hard blow. So I kicked myself for that one. Not for the King George, he ran a blinder, but, you know, 11 pounds to a very, very good proper derby winner and uh, over a testing mile and a half is, is, is was beyond his stamina limitation. Talking to Richard Hannan in a minute, and uh, I I put to him because he, he's quite up for going for the champagne stakes with his Jim Crack winner, uh, Lucille, and I, he said, "Oh, we'll be favourite for that." I said, "You don't think you're going to be favourite if Reach for the Moon runs in it?" Because I'm afraid Reach for the Moon is destined to be favourite for every race he ever runs in now. Uh, Johnny, uh, John Warren was saying the champagne might be on the agenda. Is is that sort of uppermost in your mind? Well, we're keeping an, uh, an open mind about it. You've obviously got that. You, you have the Lagadere, you have the Dewhurst, those races. I'm, I'm happy with the horse uh, this morning. So we'll just see how we want to play it. He um, he certainly relishes his racing at the moment. And uh, he, I thought he you know, hit the front soon enough the other day. But uh, if he's in great nick, there's no reason not to go to a champagne. But I just want to really assess that over the next 10 days, really. And I was at Sandown the other day. We chatted after your good filly in spiral one um how's she coming along she's in good order we've always talked about the mayhill for her um so that that would still be the plan and then possibly the filly's mile if that goes well i guess one step at a time my friend <laughs> and i said the season that turned around it's not like it had been a bad season but sort of it's kind of exploded into life um for all yeah, of us we really had, Sadie, we had the most wonderful start in the middle east mm. it's you know for covid times it was incredible to go and win not just the saudi cup but the shima classic in the dubai turf with lord north it was a phenomenal start in lincoln's and look it was great but where we lacked any strength or depth was in our three-year-olds this year and look, we were thrilled to win a ribblesdale but uh that was the highlight, and, and it does leave you uh, a little bit wanting in that department. That's what's happened. But the two-year-olds are coming through now, and in, in this game, you've always got to believe in the future. Okay, trainers' championship back on the back on the agenda. Um, how much does that? Um, I'm not going to say bother you, but but how much is it? A, is it a concern? Do you know, I never give it any consideration, but because you don't really know until about five o'clock on Champions Day what's going to happen. And I've never seen much point in getting revved up about it in any way. I never have. If it comes your way, it comes your way. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I find it, I've seen people be affected by it to the extent that the tail wags the dog and they start running horses who shouldn't run where they shouldn't run them just for the sake of running them. So if anything, I go a bit the other way and uh, be, be, be careful. I just, uh, look, it's it's a nice thing that comes your way, but if it doesn't, it's, it's not what it's about. It's, you know, you wind up trying to fit the, the foot to the shoe rather than the other way around and you can just I've seen people just make some decisions they wouldn't normally make so I I make a big point of avoiding that John thanks for your time today alrighty all the best the feature race in the UK this weekend is a celebration mile at Goodwood where trainer Richard Hannon will be hoping his three year old Colt Chindick can get back to winning ways having not entered the winner's enclosure since he took the Greenham at the beginning of the season he's finished fifth now in three group ones in a row but run with huge credit and I think the last race particularly he looked very competitive and maybe 
he didn't stay that last half furlough. I keep reading everywhere and every paper from written by all the experts that don't have trainers' licences, of course, that he wants a mile and a quarter. Well, it clearly showed last time he doesn't. This easy mile at the weekend is right up his street, and hopefully there's no poetic flair, there's no palace pier, and, you know, the horses in between. He's been running in the very top mile races, and this is a good chance for him to get his confidence. Is there a key to him, do you think? Is there a way to ride him, a set of circumstances I that suits him? I think you could say that dogs, by his own admission, would say that a little bit out of his ground in the Guineas and in the St. James Palace Stakes. But he had absolutely every chance in the Chattanooga, and there were no excuses at all apart from he didn't run fast enough. And, you know, we'll just start build with the building blocks again. We're starting in Group 2, and if and when we accomplish that, we have to throw him in the deep end again, and then he's in training for next year. But he's, he's a very, very good horse, but... You know, he just looked three pounds short, a very top level, and you know he might find that improvement in the next month or in the next year. Another competitive race at Goodwood this weekend is the Group Three Prestige Stakes, in which James Ferguson runs mise en scène in the colours of guitar racing. She was an impressive winner at Haydot last time, and when Nick spoke to James this morning, he asked him if that was expected. I expected her to run well at Haydot. Yes, obviously, first time out, you. Uh... Uh, don't really know what to expect. And, you know, we went in there with a very open mind, but she'd been working nicely. Um, we uh, we've taken our time with her. She's very much a horse that would be a not, probably be a you know a nicer three year old, four year old type. Um, so what, whatever we get as a two year old is, is a bonus. Uh, she's very well bred, and uh, with the manner in which she she ran, you know, we we have had a word, and you know, the team have decided. Um, this is a this is a good stepping stone onto onto the next stage of her career. Um, she's come on nicely. Um, her, she does her work very easily, and you know I'd, I'd be I'd be going there hopeful hopeful of a of a big win, but then also very aware that it's only a second start. You mentioned she's got a very good pedigree. She's from the family of Speciosa Specificity and Pride, the Great Pride. Uh, does that mean she is going to want a bit of dig in the ground, or not necessarily? Uh, by Suni, yes, I would. Obviously, I would. I would say that she could handle digging the ground, um, but from what I've seen, she should be fairly versatile. Journalist Peter Scargill was on the podcast earlier in the week, talking about how the black market is targeting problem gamblers. Nick used this opportunity to ask him about a filly he's involved with, a day to remember, who runs at Newmarket this weekend in the listed hopeful stakes, and asked what chances she has of really making it a day to remember. Yes, and there'll be plenty of us there, Nick, as well. Uh, lots of lots of guys have had to be very patient um, with COVID and what have you last year, but uh, having a blast with her at the moment. Um, very well handled by by Patrick and Amy Owens in Newmarket. So yeah, we're we're, uh, we're going a bit black to black hunting with her, and um, I've seen her out this morning on on Warren Hill, and she looks fantastic. So we'll give it our best shot. She's uh, she's a filly that likes racing and likes giving her all. So whether that means she comes first, second, third or, or somewhere else, I don't know, but she'll certainly be trying as hard as she can. So that brings this episode to a close. Don't forget, there's also top class racing this weekend from Saratoga, where Essential Quality will be in action, as well as Aidan O'Brien's Japan. Tom Stanley will be filling in for Nick on Monday morning. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares. 
the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.